This is Channel 253. In this episode of Gimme the Mic. So my goal was to really try to train a critical mass of students in Tacoma with the hopes that they would start biotech companies, some of them, or we'd attract uh, larger biotech companies to the area. So this is kind of like a huge step forward for especially Black-owned businesses because now we're getting help from, you know, a government agency to actually get a leg up. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Give me the mic. Give me the mic. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Give Me the Mic. This is our final episode today. It's been a fun ride. We've had some great conversations with some local entrepreneurs and resources for entrepreneurs. And right now I have with me David Hirschberg from Rain Incubator. Welcome, David. Thanks. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. We're excited to have you. So can you tell us more about yourself and what you're doing out here in the community? Ooh, uh, sure. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. So, um, well, first of all, I'm I'm a Tacoma native. Uh, so I grew up here. I went to local schools here, um, and I'm I couldn't wait to get out of here when I graduated from high school. <laughs> uh, that was back in 1980. Um, and so I've lived in various places. Um, I went to WSU. So I uh, so I graduated from Charles Wright Academy, and then I went to WSU. Um, and while I was there, I learned a lot about biotech, um, mainly from just working in one lab, um, but also being immersed in, in the research community in the veterinary school. And uh, from there, I went uh, just to see what I, I was I was kind of starting a master's at WSU. And I thought, you know, you know I just want to see what the job market has to offer. A couple of my friends. And so I showed up at a job interview in Seattle, and because I could make monoclonal antibodies, um, they they hired me on the spot. And that was a company called Oncogen, uh, and it was later bought by Bristol Myers. Um, so I got introduced into kind of the startup culture very early. Uh, we were focused on cancer research. The company also was focused on age. AIDS research, so I became involved in, in really one of, you know what was a a uh, epidemic at the time. Uh, it's actually a worldwide disease, and uh, we were in the very forefront of it, developing uh, tests. And uh, so, super excited about that. Um, learning about biotech companies starting up. Um, when that company was sold to Bristol Myers, uh, like I said, most of my smarter friends went and started companies. And I went back to school. So I ended up getting a PhD at the Weizmann Institute in Israel. Uh, I started a company there while I was there. Wow. And that led to uh, uh, in my postdoc at Stanford. Um, my, my PhD was a good PhD. Uh, like I said, we started a company from it. But the, the person who invited me for a postdoc really wanted me because he was involved in starting companies in the Bay Area in San Diego. 
And so he was wonderful. He I consulted for companies like Roche and and uh, uh, his company, and then we started a couple couple companies. Uh, some companies failed, uh, and then from there I got really involved at that from that postdoc into technology. And so you know joining a lot of the biotech companies in the Bay Area, consulting for them, uh, instrumentation companies uh, like Agilent Technologies. And from there, taking a number of risks, almost getting fired a couple times, um, uh, I ended up, Stanford asked me to come back and start a lab there. Uh, so I founded uh, the Human Immune Monitoring Center. And uh, so I was there for a number of years, uh, really enjoyed that experience. Uh, and then I, uh, part of it through infectious disease, ended up working with Ian Lipkin, who's a, a virus hunter uh, at Columbia University. So I joined the faculty there in his group and worked there, worked with the military uh, on a lot of projects, um, and then ended up coming back to Tacoma. Uh, uh, Deborah Friedman, who was the chancellor of UWT at the time, brought me back to start kind of a bio biotech innovation hub. And from there, um, I ended up spinning off an independent DIY called RAIN. And that's really what I've been working on since about 2014. Um, I still am attached to the University of Washington in the School of Engineering, um, but this is really a DIY group, and I happily can go into explaining what my rationale was for starting Rain uh, when we talk. Yeah, please do. Um, well, so <laughs> I was frustrated exporting students. Uh, so one of my uh, ideas that, that we so Rain is actually part of collaborative effort, which was my bigger company that started working for the government, and that was involved in training people. And really, late in life, as somebody who used to build technology all my life and build widgets and things, um, diagnostic tests, uh, treatment plans, I became much more interested in training people. And uh, so that's really the idea of collaborative effort is to get different people working together and training young people, individuals, for uh, to be ready for almost anything, and especially in biotech. And I became involved in DIY labs in New York, so do-it-yourself labs. And so RAIN was this project where I thought, well, we could spin this out at the university. Um, so I decided to start it myself. Uh, so it could be independent. And we were focused on really training individuals, uh, focusing on community service and doing things for the community. And then lastly, partnering with companies uh, to help them be successful and in idea of bringing biotech to Tacoma uh, so that it, you know we knew we could train students. I, I trained a lot of students uh, at UWT and I trained high school students here. And, but we're a net exporter of that talent. Uh, there's very few uh, people in, in the fields bio, of biotech that can uh, stay in Tacoma. Uh, there's just not the jobs here. And so most of them are going to Seattle, they're going to the Bay Area, uh, going to the main centers all over the world to D our DOE and DOD labs. So my goal was to really try to train a critical mass of students in Tacoma with the hopes that they would start biotech companies, some of them, or we'd attract uh, larger biotech companies to the area. Yeah, I'm one of those people who work in biotech, and I drive to Seattle almost every day Yeah, because there's not very much biotech happening here. Right. So that's great that you're doing something about that, and you're helping people with biotech ideas start companies if they want to. 
Yeah. So, you know, for me, biotech is a very broad uh, technology. We all talk about we're curing cancer. That's all we all we all want to do that. And, and I've been involved in that or work on infectious disease. But real what biotech is, is just using organisms or at least their synthetic pathways um, to to do good things uh, for us, uh, either break down uh, toxins in the environment. Uh, you know, making beer is biotech, um, making bread, making cheese. All that is biotech. And so, you know, engineering things to be more efficient is exciting. And and so taking it from uh, biology uh, space, which is in a sense a little bit of an art, uh, to bring it under engineering control uh, so that uh, we can have these scales of efficiency, I think appeals to, to me and it appeals to a lot of our engineering students here in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. So... To go down to your space down there by the Tacoma Dome area, mm-hmm. do I need to pay a fee to hang out there or be a part of that environment? I mean, not really. So my motivation at this part of my life is really to uh, create collisions. That's the N in RAIN is networking and really create collisions between interesting people. And so it may be a student who comes in off the street and says, I have an idea. And so we would like to to connect enough people to, to see if we can do th- something forward. But the motivation is really not to generate uh, unicorn companies. Uh, it's really to train a critical mass of people. Uh, again, I'm interested in um, having interactions with people in our art spaces or in, in a brewery or in, in a, you know, a, a sandwich shop, a coffee shop that would just have connections between interesting people. And so RAIN is kind of that, that space where people can kind of come together and do things. So not everybody has to pay to be there. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, we do have to pay the bills. And mm-hmm. I'm the innovation, and I have a board that really says, hey, you need to make everything cancel out. And so we do have a model of how we are going to be sustainable. But ultimately, that creativity we, we do feel is going to generate a number of interactions, and that will lead to value for the community and hopefully for rain too. Yeah, that's fantastic. And there are some really cool people down there I've met and um, some really cool companies down there as well. So that, that's awesome that you're doing something like that. And it's good for our community. So, how are you funded? Like, yeah. So part of it is because of DIY culture, we can we can really do things on a very small budget. Um, so I, uh, our main funding right now is philanthropy, and that's our launch, and and that's what got us launched. Um, I've put a number of my time. I'm a volunteer for Rain, so right now I don't take any salary. Wow. Um, so I put a lot of energy into it, and I have a great board and other people like Tenley Cedarstrand, who have has really helped develop a lot of the businesses, and um, she puts a lot of time into Rain, and so it's it's really a labor of love for a lot of us. Um, but our main funding is philanthropy, uh, but we are able to fund ourselves by NSF grants. We can write NIH grants. So we can do scientific research. Uh, we can also uh, do contract work. So uh, we have contract research, organi- like a contract research organization, so we can make things for biotech companies or other people. We've had contracts with the Joint Base. I've had contracts with the DOD. 
And, and then additionally, we have – we support companies. So companies also rent space for us. They rent laboratories. Um, it's a low uh, – it's, it's really a low-cost model for them. Uh, but in exchange, they have to take in students and train them. And so that's the price. Um, it's actually an amazing resource for them because you have uh, – we have so many smart people and so many young students that want to do things. And so they get um, access to – high-tech labs, research ideas, projects. Um, but in exchange, they're also, um, you know, good, good labor as they're trained up as, as in biotech. Mm-hmm. And so what does RAIN stand for? Is that an acronym for something? It is. It's, it was a military grant we wrote. And so you have to have an acronym, of course. And so it was something that we came up with late at night. So it's, it's readiness, uh, uh, acceleration, innovation network. And all those things are really important to us. To be ready, um, you know, is something that's very exciting. And it's a concept that comes from the, med- uh, you know, the military. Uh, it also is uh, public health needs to be ready for anything. And so as we responded to COVID, we, we demonstrated that. We, we function as an accelerator because uh, we want to speed the connections that are necessary to and, and resources are necessary to launch companies. Innovation is our creative way of hopefully uh, solving problems, using biotech for remediation or for building uh, proteins or um, nucleic acid compounds that are important. And then the network is also important. We bring people together. We have lectures. We have interactions with interesting people. If you're a, in the venture field or if you want to check out this area, this is a great space, space to be, spend time, and talk to people, meet people. Yeah, it definitely is. And weren't you offering free COVID testing down there as well? <laughs> we are. Yeah. Um, my Again, uh, a bad business model. Uh, <laughs> but uh, part of when we uh, when the the virus uh, was appearing in Seattle, and once the uh, you know the sequence was available, we immediately built our own assays, and we built them around the current supply chain so that we could make our own reagents. So we built COVID tests, like the PCR tests that are so common now. Uh, we stood those up, uh, basically following the the CDC protocols, uh, and had those up within. Uh, really a month of, uh, you know, by the end of March, we had our first wow. test ready to go. And we also started sewage testing. So we've done a lot of this testing in, in, the, in the wastewater treatment plants in the area. Actually, in the Northwest, we tra- did a lot and been monitoring COVID in that area. And that counts as like an early warning, because if you can test there, there was a big discussion in the beginning, you know, this is Seattle's problem, or this is China's problem. And we knew immediately that it was going to be worldwide and uh, that it was going to appear in Tacoma. So one of the ways we could convince uh, some of our leadership was to just demonstrate it. So because of existing uh, uh, you know, relationships, we began testing in the area and found it immediately. Uh, and we also do antibody testing. So we look at blood. And so most of this is community testing. We're not a CLIA lab. Um, you know, we, uh, CLIA stands for Clinical Laboratory Improvement uh, Act. So we're not a diagnostic lab that we give you a test that you can get on an airplane with. But we can do community testing. We can tell you where the wi- virus is and how much there is in the environment uh, or in people and in, in the population and whether it's going up or down. Nice. So as far as antibody testing goes, I got vaccinated back in January. 
So I'm wondering if my, my antibodies are still high. Can I come down there and just get tested for antibodies? You could. You can enroll in our study, and we are tracking people, and we're studying this. So while I cannot tell you, if, if, we can tell you for sure if you have the antibodies or not and what the titer of those antibodies are, are they high or low, uh, we can't tell, what we can't tell you is are you protected? Uh, but we are collecting this research. We are going to publish on it. We would publish on your data, de-identified. Uh, but we have a lot of information, not just if you've had COVID, but if you've been vaccinated, uh, what the booster's doing. Uh, we want to look at differences in states of people. So we're interested in what people are referring to as the herd health and you know how, how prevalent is the antibody, circulating antibody, and is that an indicator if it, you're effectively fighting off the virus as a population? Uh, or is the virus changing in some way? And so we, we can look at this predictively based on the testing but also and sequencing of the virus, but also by antibody response. Wow, that's awesome. So what are some of the obstacles you're dealing with down there? <laughs> well, money is always an obstacle. Um, you know, the public has been very supportive of us in our effort, but a lot of uh, the public, you know, we, we've, uh, you know, a lot of our work is community-based. Um, you know, obviously reagents cost a ton of money, uh, paying my people who were starting out as students and now they're technicians. Um, and so community support's always really important, um, either directly through philanthropy, uh, supporting our effort, uh, coming and participating, volunteering is really important. You know, we need people. I need electricians, uh, plumbers. You know, you need to do all kinds of stuff to keep a building going. Uh, but also people with laboratory skills. Um, uh, I need people who are willing to fund companies. Uh, that would be great to interact more with that. And then also people who can talk to our state legislature or people in our government, um, you know, our mayor, uh, our, our Pierce County executive, and really let them know that, you know, uh, we are providing a service, we are training people, uh, we are a resource that we want to attract companies to, and hopefully they'll, um, you know, help consider us as infrastructure and continue to fund us in a way that um, uh, we need to be funded in order to be representative and to, to help transform uh, biotech businesses in, in South Sound. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're doing. And if no one's ever thank you, I want to say thank you for what you're doing, volunteering, because it's great for the community. It's great for our biotech ecosystem. And hopefully it'll help out a lot of entrepreneurs. I know that I stop in there occasionally, and I'm yeah. going to continue stopping in there just to network with everyone in there and talk with you about business ideas or whatever else it may be. Yeah. And it's a good network to have, so I really appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, and I could, you know, I look at this as a draft I kind of laid out there, and I really want other people to come and improve on my draft. And, you know, when you think of the process of science, um, that's really what it is. It's a draft we put out, and everybody contributes to it, and we, we make it better over time. And so, you know, as rain goes further forward, it is going to be less about me. It's more about the stories of the success stories of some of our students and the companies that are in there. And I really want the community to feel that this is, belongs to them. We're not a biotech company that you have to key card into. We're very open. We're telling people what we're doing. Uh, if people have concerns about biotech, I, you know, I get people that are afraid of what we're doing. Part of what we've been doing is to really show people that you know, we can beat this virus in this case. Uh, the toxins and horrible things that people worry about in our environment can easily be broken down. You can 
not only recycle but upcycle to improve things. And so these technologies are actually very beneficial for what we're trying to do, and you don't need to be afraid of them. Yeah, you need to learn about it, embrace it, and, and be respectful of the powers that these technologies bring. Oh, yeah. And David, I, I saw on your business card, it says founder and catalyst. Can you tell us more about that catalyst term? <laughs> yeah. So I am, you know, when you uh, found a company, if you've, uh, you know, you really have to be, you have to create something from nothing. What I'm trying to do is not take uh, things away from other people. I'm trying to create something in the South Sound that didn't exist before. And uh, so I'm doing a lot of leverage. So just like a catalyst, all we're doing is lower, lowering activation energies uh, for all the great resources that are already here. When you think about our hospitals just up on, on Hilltop, those are regional hospitals that are there. They have highly trained people, and they're doing great things. And many of the people there, many of the nurses and doctors, aspire to do research, too. And so we enable that. We enable veterans from the joint base to, to move to their next careers. We enable students to get experience to things that are already there. So we're trying to be a connector. We're even connecting to Seattle and areas outside of this region. And so all we're, I'm serving as is catalyst um, to, to basically leverage off what all the awesome things that are already here. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. And so you've started a few companies you mentioned and been involved in a lot of startups. What advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs? <laughs> well, first of all, don't, um, don't be afraid to fail. Uh, so failure is part of the process of getting things right. Um, you know, one of the things we've, we've kind of uh, – we, we believe in at Rain is really this is a space where you can come in and fail. Uh, people don't fail. Their projects fail. Ideas may fail. Uh, but the people actually learn through these processes. And we want to get people comfortable with failure uh, because you you understand success when it comes together. And so uh, there's many reasons why companies fail. So I, I think what you need to do is try as many things as possible um, and, and really not let failure be uh, personalized. You need to learn from it and move on and, and then quickly get back to your next thing. I love it. I love it. That's, that's great. And in your entrepreneurial journey and going through life, getting your PhD, are there any books that really affected you and that you would recommend? Well, I'm mostly inspired by science fiction uh, because that really visualizes either, you know, the worst case or best case scenarios, depending on what you do. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm a big Isaac Asimov fan. Um, Part of my work has been really lately is a lot of critical thinking, really. So generally when, um, you know, a lot of arguments we're having in politics, uh, things like that now really are a flaw of just critical thinking. And so for me, my biggest effort has been on that. So I think uh, Carl Sagan's books, um, you know, on, on skeptical thinking um, are, you know, The Demon Haunted World uh, – uh, Steve Novella's book on Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. These are these are books that have inspired me. Have most of the courses that I've taught recently have been on really um, uh, getting people thinking critically, um, balancing risk and reward. Um, and I think we have a lot of examples right now, mm -hmm. whether it's issues of climate change or vaccine hesitancy. There's there's a lot of ideas that. Um, that can be analyzed um, and and 
and I think those you know those authors have really uh, played a role in in my my thinking. I've been involved in skeptical um, the skeptical movement, uh, which is really looking at science based and evidence based medicine. Okay, yeah. Thank you for those recommendations. I'll have to check them out. I haven't heard of any of them, but uh-huh. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks. And then how can we help you out as a community? Well, I would love to come have people come involved. I mean, first of all, you, you can look, check out our website and kind of see what we're doing and see what projects interest you. Uh, generally, you, you know, we can easily teach biotech principles. Uh, what I need is passion. I need somebody, young students or people coming in and saying, I want to solve climate change. And, you know, we would look at, you know, we, there's bi- biological ways we can start looking at that. We have, we're surrounded by organisms that fix carbon. And we'd look at that. Uh, nutrition, um, you know, uh, safety in terms of assay development. So we're, we can teach those things. I need people to come with passion and connections to uh, our, our, some of our leader, leaders uh, fundraising. If I need help with, you know, help with figuring out better ways to fund what we're doing. And then, of course, what you're doing today for me is great, is, is being able to give me a voice or, better yet, give some of my students voices in the future. Um, so, you know, communication is better. So our website's there. If anybody would like to donate to RAIN, um, there is, you know, we have a link on any of our sites. So any little bit goes. I promise you, you know, everything you give is going to be plowed back into RAIN to, to, uh, to do more for the community. And like I said, as we become sustainable and we have companies supporting our model and hopefully we, we're, more and more grants are coming in, um, I look at our philanthropy part as being smaller and icing on the cake for, the, so for really newer, newer projects that we want to do. All right. And how can people get in touch with you? Uh, so our website is, is uh, raininkubator.org. Uh, www.raininkubator.org. Um, you can reach me uh, at info at raininkubator.org. Uh, that's general or David at raininkubator.org. And I'll, I, I, you know, and you can get a hold of me anytime. And I'm happy to uh, answer questions, ideas. Um, if people have programs, educational programs that could link us in with our community colleges, tighter, or any of our universities, that would be great. Uh, and then if there's companies that need interns, um, you know, or want to work on specific proje- projects, um, great to come talk to me. And that, that would be great. We could discuss any, any kinds of things that would regionally we'd be able to uh, do a proof of concept on here in Tacoma. Yeah. Well, thank you, David, for taking the time to come talk to us today. I really appreciate the time and everything that you're doing. Okay. Thank you. It's a pleasure being on your show. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, Citizen Tacoma. And I've been a customer of TAPCO Credit Union since I was a kid. Really, my parents set up a savings account for me, and I've had that account with them ever since. In fact, my first credit card wasn't from a big banking conglomerate. It was from TAPCO, and I still have that too. What I appreciate about TAPCO is that they are intensely local. Just like Channel 253, TAPCO keeps its focus on just Tacoma and Pierce County. They have easy-to-reach locations in the Tacoma area, and when I don't want to drive, I just use online banking. And they still help parents teach their kids good savings habits. The Moolah Kids Club 
teaches kids about savings, not only through interest on their money, but with special prizes like cupcakes and discounts at local attractions. So if you want to help your kids start a savings account the same way my parents did, check out our local credit union at tapcocu.org. My thanks to TAPCO for their support of this podcast and Channel 253. Today I have our final guest, Drea Baines, and I saved the best for last. Drea Baines is the founder and CEO of I'm Possible Consulting, where she provides services for, right here in our community, the Black Business Accelerator and the Pierce County Business Accelerator, just to name a few of the services that she does. Drea, welcome. Hi, thank you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, so what is your background, Drea? How did you even get into doing this? So I actually started off at 18 years old, the day I turned 18, going to um, the the Department of Licensing to file a business license. Um, Knew I was going to be an entrepreneur from an early age. Uh, It was always just kind of in me. Um, Grew up very poor, went to private school, saw wealth got to participate in some of it by proximity and decided that that was the path for me. Um, Didn't want to come from the struggle anymore. Didn't like seeing us uh, go from one end to one meet every day. Um, And then just, you know, I realized that wealth was coming from a few different places, right? It was either lawyers, doctors, or business owners. And I was like, I don't want to do the first two. So I guess I'm going to be a business owner. So started my first business at 18 doing jewelry. Um, It was really expensive. So I switched it up a couple of years later to do green cleaning for homes, was in design school at the time for interior design and had a real estate friend who hooked me up with some of her realtor friends to do home cleaning and staging. So that built my portfolio, um, applied to fashion schools, couldn't afford to go, even though I was accepted to all of them and was like, F the system, you know? So I decided to just take a step back from school and work. And while I was working, I worked for Thomasville at the time, um, being completely exploited for my talent for, I would get like $600 paychecks is how bad it was. And met a guy there who owned a janitorial and was like, hey, you know, I'm trying to pivot my grain cleaning company. Can you help me? And he ended up being a mentor. And um, at the time, we were based out of Tacoma. And uh, I met Skanska, the huge construction company that does a lot of work in the schools and infrastructure um, globally. And they were talking about disparity and diversity and inclusion and all these things I'd never heard of before. And lo and behold, this was, you know, my opportunity to kind of see how black and brown people fare in, you know, the bigger economic picture. So, um, joined a a board called Tabor 100 that advocates for BIPOC businesses, community and education, and the rest is history. Became very passionate about all of it and, um, you know, started designing some programs that I felt like could sort of, you know, be a baseline for BIPOC businesses to gain those resources, those networks, and that money that I was seeing in the white communities, right? 
um, that we just don't typically have access to. And that's sort of what led me to, you know, participating in things like the Black Business Accelerator and the Pierce County Accelerator. Mm -hmm. And can you define BIPOC for us? So BIPOC is Black and Indigenous people of color. Um, It just sort of encompasses, you know, all people who are not of direct European descent. Um, So anyone who, you know, identifies as Black, um, Indian, Asian, um, Native American, you know, those um, Hispanic, Latinx, these are all considered BIPOC businesses or people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm considered BIPOC. And I just found that out maybe a few weeks ago. I was going through the Pierce County Business Accelerator and they kept on referring to BIPOC businesses and I'm doing one of my businesses through there. And I asked, am I BIPOC? And sure enough, I am. So I I qualify. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like Asian and Indian, East Indian uh, populations are actually very large, right? And so um, it's like a, it's, it's kind of like a pseudo debate of do Asian and Indian people count as BIPOC folks in America? Um, I say, if you don't look white, you might as well be BIPOC because that's how the world is going to see you. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you said you got involved in the Black Business Accelerator. How'd you get involved in that? Yeah. So in 2018, spring of 18, uh, my husband and I launched the Resource Center on Hilltop. And it was, you know, sort of a physical hub for BIPOC businesses to come and get services. Um our roof literally started caving in and we couldn't take clients there anymore until the landlord fixed it and it didn't. Uh, and so, or they didn't, I should say. And so we closed down um, after about a year. And while I was in that process of figuring out how can I like digitize this because I wasn't prepared for, you know, the landlord and leasing and all the issues that came with that. Um, Then the pandemic hit and I get a call in spring of 2020 from Kiara Daniels, our newest council member, um, who was a visitor at the Resource Center, who had had come and said, hey, you know, I want to start a business. I don't know which direction to start in and how this all looks. And we talked and we vibed and I really liked her. And so when she called me in the spring of 2020, or sorry, 2021, um, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, um, I'll do this. You know, she's like, we're we're starting an accelerator at Spaceworks, and I'd love to collaborate with you on this. What do you think? And of course, I was in. So we did that. It was successful. It was really, really positive and inspiring. And then, you know, simultaneously, that Pierce County grant came out to do another one for, you know, a full spectrum of BIPOC folks. And I was asked to participate in that one as well. Yeah. And I went through that program. I learned a lot and I really enjoyed it. And you definitely brought the energy every day. And so, yeah. So can you tell us more about this Black Business Accelerator? How do people get accepted and where do they go to find information? Yeah. So spaceworkstacoma.org is the place to go. Um, You'll see the application for it just right when you log into that web page and 
just follow the process, answer it to the best of your ability. And then um, I, I believe it closes December 4th or 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got a couple of weeks to get that application in and the next cohort starts January 11th, I believe, somewhere in that mid-January range. Um, it's a six-week program, just like the Pierce County one. Uh, twice a week in the evenings, um, typically Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it is a little bit of a commitment, but it is a worthy commitment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then that Pierce County Business Accelerator was also two days a week for six weeks, and it was well worth it. And so what do businesses get coming out of the Black Business Accelerator and the Pierce County Business Accelerator? Great question. They get a lot. So um, I would say the number one thing that they get is sort of like a mastermind group, right? I know you brought that up after we discussed a book. um, Think and Grow Grow Rich. Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, So, you know, that was actually the first business book I ever read. It was just sitting on my friend's table one day when I was I was probably 20 maybe 21. And he's like, you've got to read that book. It's amazing. And it really set me up for, you know, the success that I would eventually experience later on. Um, And in that, he talks about this mastermind group, right? And then, of course, um, other things along the my path since have steered me towards, hey, I need to have a group of my peers and people who really understand what I'm going through, because clearly some of my friends and family do not. <laughs> and so um, when we did the, the Black Business Accelerator, that was the first time I really experienced that without you know, me having to go and, and find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, usually with groups that are very mixed, a lot of times predominantly white, um, and I never really still felt that connection, right? Um, this is that group where you get to be around your peers. Not only are they people who think like you, but a lot of times they have very similar experiences. And so um, I learn just as much from the group as hopefully they learn from me uh, as an instructor. Um, but it's just truly the number one thing that you walk away with is those connections. Um, our Black Business Accelerator is still very connected and tight. They help each other all the time, leveraging their businesses, circulating the dollars in the Black community, um, you know, just always promoting one another online and in person. They're just It's just a really strong, uh, lifelong group. And I hope that the Pierce County Accelerator will be the same, even though it's much larger, right? Um, which can sometimes get logistically a little bit complicated. But um, the second thing I think that people get, obviously, is access to resources, networks, capital. Those are all things that you need to be able to not only start successfully, but grow your business successfully. And um, the Pierce County Network right now is just doing really fabulous and um, progressive things to include BIPOC businesses in the greater um, ecosystem of our economy. I think in years past, we've kind of worked in these silos that have, you know, gotten some people some places, but haven't quite amalgamated all of the talent in our county and matched it with those direct resources and pipelines. 
Yeah, for sure. And being an entrepreneur can be a lonely journey. And being around other people going through the same struggles as you was definitely been beneficial. And so what are some funding resources coming out of the Pierce County Business Accelerator, some of the capital access you were talking about? Yeah, so a lot of that is, is it's kind of like a two-pronged approach. You know, the there's $10,000 of a matching, excuse me, a matching grant that Pierce County provides to each business owner should wow. they raise their own capital, right, during a specific time period. So um, if I, you know, say my company raised, you know, $12,000 in August of 2021, Pierce County will now give me $10,000 of a grant that I don't have to pay back. So this is a huge step forward and up for a lot of companies, especially those startups or the companies that are looking to buy equipment or product supplies. Um, just great, great, great money. And, you know, of course, the bonus being that you got it through this ecosystem of people that are so prepared to help. The second thing is, um, and, I, and we'll probably do a, a bigger sort of, you know, campaign around the fact that you're not just getting that 10K, right? You're getting services as well. So, you know, you're working with consultants who are typically about, you know, 150 to $250 an hour for free, right? Up to a certain amount of um, hours. And even after the program has um, finalized for participants, they still have access to that same network of folks and to county um, who is still actively working on making sure that BIPOC businesses get a fair deal, right? They're just kind of lowering those, those barriers, which a lot of times come down to capital. So we're exposing everyone to um, that, that 10K. We're exposing everyone to these consultants who can provide direct services and coaching. And then we're also um, aligning everyone with funders, investors, lenders, whoever um, that, you know, they can connect with through this network once they're ready to raise capital again. Yeah. Yeah. All great resources, De especially the coaching and professional services. I think they provide up to 25 hours. Yeah. Is that right? And then also, I think they also provide $500 rent stipend for up to That's a year. Right. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, is, the, list, the list goes on. Yeah, incredible, incredible resource. They're really trying. You yeah, know? and then I got to hang out with you for six weeks, and there was also free snacks and drinks. So <laughs> that was a lot of a lot of good stuff there. Yes, exactly. And on top of all of that, it was free. Yes, yes, yeah. it's free for the participants, completely free. Yeah, and I I see it as a leg up for our community and our ecosystem. And it's going to help these businesses flourish. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a game changer for sure. And I want to see more of it. Um, I think, you know, typically we don't really see these kinds of programs uh, brought down through a municipality or a grant, right? We usually see them either in the nonprofit sector or the private sector. So this was very uh, new to me. And it was enlightening because, you know, it reminds me of 
my history as a black person and the fact that, you know, I've been left out. And I, when I say I am referencing black people, but, you know, I've been left out. Right. I have not had government assistance for almost anything other than corralling my people to areas of a city or gentrifying them back out of that city or welfare or, you know, things that really keep us in a place of dependency rather than a place of empowerment. And yet all these other races and all these other, you know, uh, all these other Americans are able to reap the benefit of government assistance in multiple ways from land to housing, to business funding, to school, you name it. Right. So this is kind of like a huge step forward for especially black own businesses, because now we're getting help from, you know, a government agency to actually get a leg up, right? So this is just the beginning. And I see a, a very bright future of public private partnerships coming up, things like this. Yeah, for sure. And do you happen to know how long that Black Business Accelerator is going to go for? Is there a time frame on that? Or is it indefinite? So hopefully it's indefinite. Um, I can't speak too uh, directly about it because I'm not in the leadership team for um, some of the decisions that they make on that. I know that it is funded currently through Chase Bank, but Chase Bank typically likes to do sort of like pilots, right, and get you started and then you sustain it from there. And so um, we're definitely getting great feedback from the community and that there is a need and, um, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully, that we will continue to keep it going. Um, at this point, I don't see why we wouldn't. Uh, but, you know, you just never know when it comes to other people's money, right? Yeah, yeah. So definitely take advantage of the fact that those programs are going on right now. Absolutely. And I know the Pierce County Business Accelerator, if I remember correctly, it was based off of a grant. And their goal is to help out 200 businesses and I think 50 of them just made it through. So there's yeah. opportunity for another 150 until those funds run out. So if- there is another cohort running right now. Okay. Um, there are, um, it's a Vietnamese speaking and a Korean speaking. That's right. That's right. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They're, like I said, I mean, they're, they're doing things that we haven't seen done before in this county and in this city um, to help level the playing field. Um, They went even as far as, you know, having all of the materials translated uh, into Spanish and Korean and Vietnamese. And then they also hired um, Spanish speaking, Vietnamese and Korean speaking instructors and consultants. So it's a very accessible, equitable program. 200 businesses is an extremely high number of people to be able to get the benefit of something like this. And so I encourage any and everyone to apply. Um, I'm not super sure what the application process is currently at the moment. I know they had a huge round of applicants in September, um, almost 200. Uh, And I know that, you know, typically in those processes, not everyone makes it through or is ready for the opportunity. So 
Um, I would say stay, stay connected to that Pierce County Business Accelerator Facebook page as well as their website um, just to stay updated on all of that and, and see if there's an opportunity to apply again. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for what you're doing out here in our community and helping these businesses grow, creating jobs. Drea, what advice do you have for our aspiring entrepreneurs out here? Really, um, the biggest thing for me was always being around like-minded people. Um, This journey, like you said earlier, is extremely lonely and can be very challenging at times. I think mostly because you're alone and it's not just you're by yourself all the time. It's that you know, you think a lot differently than a lot of the people around you. Um, a lot of times you, you know, I'll, I'll use myself for an example. I am very out of the box and I push back on rules and regulations and I break them a lot of times because they don't make sense. And I ask a lot of questions and I irritate people. <laughs> um, status quo is not my comfort zone at all. Um, I like to shake it up. And so, as an entrepreneur, I, a lot of times would get pushback from, you know, my family members, my friends, people who felt like they really knew me. Right. Um, and sometimes I would listen, I would be in a meeting with a mentor or a lawyer or a consultant and be like, yeah, I got this. You know, I'd read a book and I'd be motivated. And then I would share the findings with somebody who, you know, didn't think that same way or live that lifestyle. And it would knock me back down and I would give up on myself. So, you know, if you, if you have a dream and a goal, go for it and then find your people, find your match so that you can get there without doubt, right? I mean, it's going to be hard, but that's life, right? Life's hard. We just keep going. Yeah, for sure. And lastly, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so I have a website, impossibleconsulting.com, and it's spelled impossible. Um, And then also I'm on Facebook, kind of on Instagram. Uh, I will definitely be more of a social media presence uh, in this next coming year. I've had to hire a young person to do that for me. (laughs) It's not my cup of tea, but you can find me, uh, Drea Baines on Facebook, Drea Drea underscore being at Instagram and impossibleconsulting.com. Um, and you can email my assistant at admin at impossibleconsulting.com if you would like to have a meeting or, you know, get on our newsletter and find out the exciting, cool things that we're going to be bringing to the table in 2022. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Drea. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Stan. And it was great meeting you too, Doug. <laughs> So we've had some great conversations with some local entrepreneurs and resources for Tacoma entrepreneurs. It's been a fun six episodes. I've learned a lot, and I hope that you did too. We met some inspirational people and some folks who are willing to help us succeed out here in our community. People need jobs, and they need someone to create them, and that could be you. So as you may have picked up, I'm an advocate for businesses here in Tacoma, so please use me as a resource as well. You can reach out to me at Stan at thesmallcitystartup.com, or you can find me just by Googling me. And hey, if you like some of these conversations, we're going to continue these conversations over at Small City Startup. 
where we'll continue to highlight entrepreneurs here in our community. And lastly, I wanted to say, you look fabulous today. See you later. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Give Me the Mic is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, Citizen Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.